Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to my podcast coming to you from the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. I am with a very special guest today. It's only taken me a couple of years to convince her to be here, right, Millie? (laughs) (laughs) Got her laughing. To our podcast listeners around the world, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and I am uh, coming to you from the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. And to our new listeners and old listeners, we let you know that we do a little bit of uh, housekeeping before we begin, but I have an announcement. Yes, this is our fourth season of doing this podcast, so we're very, very excited about it. And we are now in 26 countries around the world. That's two more countries just since the uh, start of the the new year. So I'm very, very excited about that. And thank you very, very much. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. I'd like to introduce you to Jojo Bear up here, our vice president in charge of production and drinking all the Dr. Pepper. He is uh, here in attendance, and we are very happy to have Jojo Bear here. And of course, there is Cowboy Otis up there. Cowboy Otis is in charge of security, of protecting the Uh, Possum Trot Studios and making sure that our guests are all comfortable and he is a very scary guy. Okay, taking a look up there on the trophy case, we've got a a Longhorn mug from Jerome Murray. We did a podcast with him. We certainly appreciate that. Check out Jerome's uh, podcast. He's a very, very funny guy. Really enjoy him. And uh, we also have a a bag of dried prunes from Bill Belford, known as uh, Bill Buffalo, a stand-up comedian. I think that's he's sending a little bit of a, a message there with the dried prunes. And we also have a sippy cup from Pam Boston, our neighbor over there. That's over there, up there on the trophy case, and we certainly appreciate it. And over here, we have some products from Chris Chris Barber and Ashley Ferguson and their company called Reset. They're kind enough to drop some products on by over here. Now, also like to let you know that uh, the names that I just mentioned of the... uh, Jerome Murray, we do a podcast with him. Yes, uh, we did a podcast with him, and he was kind enough to send the Longhorn mug. And also, uh, I'd like to let you know that Robin Zamora, we did a podcast with her, who does her own podcast called Fast Marketing Minute, and that is one of the reasons why we are in now 26 countries around the world, and that if you are watching the Magnolia Network and are into design, we did a podcast with Brett Lewis, who uh, his, he is now has his own show on the uh, Uh, Magnolia Network with Chip and Joanna Gaines up there in uh, Waco and his show is called Van Gogh so check out Brett Lewis's podcast he renovates vans for the RV world so Mm -hmm. we certainly appreciate those people uh, staying in touch with us and going on in life we always like to hear about our neighbors okay let's go on over and check the weather window 
Oh my gosh, it is freezing cold here in Austin, Texas. Oh my gosh, it's 25 degrees and wind and there's hints of snow. We are uh, just, oh, it's ugly, especially since it was 75 degrees yesterday. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's all expected to last for a couple of days. We've been covering up the plants and just ugly. Now the sports report for today, what can I say? Dallas Cowboys just looked ugly against the San Francisco 49ers. They are out of the playoffs. Oh my gosh, nothing more to say beyond that. That just when the foot when the Cowboys are out of it, the football season is over. Unbelievable, but an ugly game. Okay, continuing with the sports report, the Swan Report. Kennedy Swan, our young neighbor who has joined the LPGA. Yes, and Kennedy is a cute little red-headed freckle-faced golfing dynamite. She is starting on the Symmetra Tour, which is a development tour, but it is part of the LPGA. She is a a pro and her first tournament is coming up later on in the month and we will check in with her so that is kennedy swan with the swan report okay also let me in, uh, let you know get for our, our shopping our shopping tip for all our shoppers who listen to the, the doug the neighbor podcast Bluebell Ice Cream Price Index. The best price that I have found is over at the Randalls, a chain here in awesome Austin, Texas. You can get a pint for $2.99. $2.99 Bluebell Ice Cream. Not bad. Not bad. Now, let's proceed. We have a very charming lady who actually is a neighbor, Millie Lopez. She is sitting in here. We're going to be interviewing her. Millie, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Doug? I'm fine. I've only asked you a hundred times to get you here, (laughs) and you were kind enough to figure out your time schedule in here. We're very happy to have you here at the Possum Trot Studios. Way to call me out. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Okay. Millie, we're very glad to have you here. You've got your Dr. Pepper, a fine product from Waco, Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay. I Mm -hmm. knew that would be the, the bait that would get you here. <laughs> said Dr. Pepper, I said, I'm there. Right. I'm there. Okay. Glad to have you here. Okay. And it is cold outside, isn't it? It is. It is very cold. I thought about canceling. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to leave the house. <laughs> okay. We're glad you're here. You're comfortable here in the studio now? Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you. Oh, Thank okay. You. Okay. Well, let's begin our interview. I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this because of who you are. Let's just say, first off, uh, how did we meet? How, how did we meet? We, you are a neighbor. How did we meet? We met um, while we were both out on our walks. Yes. And I want to say it may have been COVID year, pandemic year, quarantine year, the first, you know, couple months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was an anxious mess, and walking is how 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 I managed. Yeah, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. how we met. Yeah, that's absolutely yep. true. Met a neighbor. Okay, so it's all about meeting the neighbors. Okay. the uh, So let's begin our interview and start with some... Uh, Easy questions, just to warm you on up. Mm-hmm. What is your name? Uh, my name is Milagros Lopez. 
Milagro mm -hmm. Lopez. Mm -hmm. Were you? I've never heard that name before. Were you named after uh, someone in your family? Milagro. What does that mean? So Milagros translates to miracle. Miracle in, in English. Um, and my grandfather named me. I was. Um, sort of a miracle baby. Uh, oh. My mom had a challenging pregnancy towards the end, and so my grandfather named me. Oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Milagro means miracle. Yep. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Okay, where were you born? Um, I was born in San Benito, San Benito, Texas. San Bonito, Texas. Now, where is that? So San Benito is um, in the Rio Grande Valley. Yes. About 400 miles from here. Um, from awesome Austin, Texas. From awesome Austin, Texas. Yes. Um, and we're about um, 30, 40 minutes from Brownsville and South Padre Island. So oh, so ever... you're way down there. Mm -hmm. Ooh, now, how big a town is San Benito? It's very small. Um, it's one of the smaller towns in the valley, and it's it's got about... I'm, 25k maybe maybe 27 by now uh -huh. the last time i checked it's about so, 25,000 people oh oh okay and mm -hmm. and do you have any idea how your family got to san benito i mean uh, uh, you know, i do i do i have record of how um my family got to san benito so um my dad's family is mexican-american when yes. when texas became Texas, you know. Was Mexico, when Texas was Mexico. Right. Yeah. Um, and then my mom's family immigrated um, from Mexico, from Guadalajara, uh -huh. Jalisco, where tequila and mariachi music is from. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and um, my grandfather immigrated during um, the 60s in uh, the during the Bracero program. Oh, the Bracero. I know mm -hmm. exactly what the Bracero program is. To yeah. the podcast listeners around the world, the Bacero program was a situation back in the 60s, I believe. Is that right, mm -hmm. Melissa? Mm -hmm. Where workers would come across the border and they would work the fields, cotton fields, fruit fields, blah, 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 the architect, agricultural fields in Texas, and uh, they, they would work. For the, it was called the Bracero program, right? Yep, it was um, basically advocating for fair treatment of farm workers. It was um, Cesar Chavez's big initiative. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we have documentation of, of my grandfather's letter from his employer. He actually worked for Japanese landowners down right. in the Rio Grande Valley. Right, right. Um, and uh, he had to provide documentation to be able to bring his family, his family over. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have documentation. Well, yeah, he... Well, he Got paid two dollars a day and and was provided housing by his employer and that was you know what secured. Did uh, what did he pick? Do you know what he picked? Oh yeah, citrus is huge in the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, yeah. citrus. Citrus. Yeah, okay. You get your yeah. ru ruby red grapefruits from the valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and uh, sugar cane. Sugar cane. Yeah, cane. Cane. Yeah, yeah, the Becerro up in the up in El Paso, where I'm from, a lot of cotton Becerro pickers. Cotton as well. Yeah. Cotton as well. Oh, okay. Now, have you ever done your DNA? No, I've not. I, I've, I've, I've thought about it uh, for some time, but no, no, I haven't. Oh. I haven't done it. Oh, but... Because I don't want the FBI to have my DNA and, you know, accuse me of some, <laughs> something later on down the road. I'm a good person. I'm just saying. But <laughs> you never know. I watch a lot of crime shows. <laughs> I watch a lot of crime shows. <laughs> 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 Sorry, FBI. You ain't getting it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no making a murderer up in here. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. that's funny. <laughs> now I introduce you to Jojo Bear, our vice president in charge of production and drinking all the Dr. Pepper around you. When you were growing up, did you have a teddy bear or something? <sighs> Doug, I am from the mean streets of San Benito, Texas. No, we don't have attachment to things like that. Because uh, yeah, it's here one day, gone day the next. Uh, gone the next. Um, but, but what I did have when I was a toddler, and, and I remember this, you know, I don't have it anymore, but I had a, a dark-haired Barbie. And she was the only Barbie that Mattel sold with black hair. Oh! Yes. She's discontinued now. They discontinued her in the 90s. But her name was Miko. Miko. Okay. Miko had long black hair. And I, and I, I think she was, she may have been um, Pacific Islander or, or you know, Hawaiian um, um, Barbie. Um, but I thought I was the Barbie. Uh, well, yeah, okay, your dark yeah. hair, your My beautiful dark, dark hair, hair. Yeah. she looked like uh, me. Now, uh, you say that uh, uh, Barbie is Mattel, is that Ma- mm-hmm. Mattel? Mattel. Uh, they discontinued that. So the Miko oh, yeah. dolls would be, uh, they're out there someplace. Oh, I've seen them on eBay a couple of years ago. I tried buying one just to have, it. have something to show my daughter, right? You yeah. Because they don't make the black-haired Barbies anymore. Um, and <laughs> very expensive or, mm. you know, open, used, and, and kind of tattered. Right, right. So I haven't bought one. Yet. You'll get right. one. Yeah, you'll get one yet. One of these days. Right, one of these days. Okay. Uh, did you have uh, any uh, pets when you were growing up? Um, I did. Um, I had uh, an outdoor dog named Ginger. An out- um, outdoor dog. Outdoor dog, strictly outdoor. We have our dog now, and he's indoors, and that was kind of mind-blowing for my family. We're not used to <laughs> <laughs> have, allowing our pets inside. Right, right. Old school. <laughs> old, that, very old school. That is old school, yes. And the name of the dog again? Ginger. Ginger. Oh, but you have a dog now. What is the dog's name? Cody. Cody. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, your name is Milagro, which means uh, miracle, but your nickname or your name is? Uh, Millie. Millie. I, I go by Millie. I've gone by Millie since, you know, I was a kid, similar to how Jennifer goes by Jen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Milagros goes by Millie or yeah. Mill, whatever. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, where did you go to high school? Uh, to San Benito High School. San Benito High School. Now, mm-hmm. when you were in high school, did you play soccer, swim team, choir? Uh, I did not. I was the editor of my yearbook. Oh, oh, editor mm-hmm. of the yearbook. Mm-hmm. And what was the mascot for the San Benito? Is the Greyhound. The Go Greyhounds. Greyhounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you were on the uh, yearbook staff. I was on the yearbook staff, and then senior year, junior, senior year, I was the editor. Editor, mm-hmm. and you still have some of those original uh, uh, yearbooks? Uh, I do. Oh, good. I do. I do still have those yearbooks. Oh, mm-hmm. good. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Now, when you were in high school, did you work at McDonald's, Burger King, Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, Doug, you're going to love this. Uh, no. I did not work um, at a chain uh, restaurant, but I did work. I did work when I was in high school. What What did you do? Well, you know I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. Yes. And one of our big exports is um, also shrimp from the Gulf of Mexico. From the Gulf, yeah, Gulf yeah, shrimp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I sold frozen packaged shrimp at the Harlingen International Airport. <laughs> so the tourists who come down, the, the, the snowbirds who come down, yeah. fly down, so when they go home they could take back some shrimp. 
It lasts frozen for eight hours and it's packaged. You can pay extra for the freezer bag. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was your job during high school? That was my job during high school, yep. Did you, did you like it? Was it okay? Oh, I loved it. I met some um, fascinating people. I mean, it's kind of funny to say now, oh, I sold shrimp uh, when I was in high school. It's a job. You know? hey, yeah. It's a job I, in I, high school. I met some some really fascinating people um, and became friends, not, you know, friends that I have now, but, you know, for the time being with people working at the airport, it was great. Yeah, yeah, okay. And how'd you get the job? So a friend of my mom's, actually, Peggy, um, owned uh, owned the company for, for several years, and, and that's how I got the hookup. Oh, oh, do you think Peggy still has the company? No, Peggy has ventured off into something else. So, um, real entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Super sweet lady, yeah. Yeah, okay. So shout out to Peggy in the Valley who uh, employed Millie Lopez at the airport selling, at the Harlingen Airport, selling yeah. frozen shrimp. <laughs> frozen <laughs> jumbo golf shrimp, yes. Oh, oh <laughs> jumbo golf shrimp. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, uh, did you go to college? Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Yes, um, I did. I um, went to Texas State and got my political science bachelor's. Oh, okay. Now, Texas State is in... San Marcos. San Marcos. And what Texas. was that? That's just uh, to our podcast listeners around the world. San Marcos is about uh, 30 miles south of Austin to the south of Austin down I-35. Uh, it takes a little longer if I-35 is a mess, but that's just the way it is in Texas. Okay. Uh, now, San Marcos, what was the, what was the mascot of San uh, Texas State? Uh, the mascot is the bobcat. Bobcats! Arrgh, go yes. bobcat! Go bobcats! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> now you were uh, going to uh, college. Or did you have a car in college? Which messed up college car do you want to hear about? <laughs> I had many. <laughs> All of them equally terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Millie, <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, you're very funny. <laughs> you're very funny. <laughs> we got the the one whose brakes locked and spun me out of control. Right. Um, we've got the one whose battery died and left me stranded on the bottom deck of I-35. Okay. Um, and then we've got the one whose window mechanism broke, and I had to drive six hours from the valley in the summer with no uh, AC on because the windows were broken. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Now, to our podcast listeners around the world, we are here at the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. And Millie Lopez is from San Benito, Texas, which is in the valley. And in our vernacular, when you say the valley, down in the Rio Grande Valley, and uh, it is four to five hundred miles south of Austin. So down in the valley is what Millie is implying here. And it is a long, long drive down into the valley. Beautiful country down there. And what is interesting is that a lot of snowbirds from Canada, from Wisconsin, from Minnesota, North Dakota, spend a lot of their winters in the valley down there. So it's a destination spot down there. Okay, now Millie, uh, what did you major in in college? Uh, What did you say you majored in? 
Um, for undergrad, it was political science. Okay, political science. Then you said you went on to get an advanced degree, right? I did. I did. I have a master's degree from the University of Texas at Austin in the awesome Austin, Texas. <laughs> awesome Austin, Texas. <laughs> I love making you giggle. <laughs> well, the thing is, you've been here. Now, when did you come to Austin? Oh, um, 2006. Um, and it was January. It was very cold. Cold, I remember because um, we didn't have the gas turned on when we moved in but I remember the day exactly because it was freezing cold and we were living in South Park Meadows before South Park Meadows was South Park Meadows right. um, but it was January 20th I believe uh, 2006 Millie today is January 20th 2006 today is your 16th anniversary of you coming to awesome Austin, Texas. Holy crap. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Yes, yes, yes. It is Shit. January 20, 16 years ago today that wow. you started your awesome Austin adventure and you came up here to go to school. Yeah, yeah. We came up here for work and, and school. Um, wow. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is fantastic. Uh, do you re remember your first job out of college? What was your first job? Um, my first job was uh, at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, it took me over a year to find a job here in in Austin. Right after college, things have changed now. Though, oh, let me tell you, you oh, can get yeah. a job here pretty quickly. Yeah. But, but yeah. what was that job? Uh, what? How did you support yourself while uh, in the meantime? Oh, um, in the meantime, I worked at a childcare center. Oh, I worked okay. at a daycare. Yeah. Um, Do you like that? No. It's terrible. It is terrible. The things we do to survive. No, I did not like taking care of children. <laughs> Melody, you're knocking me out. Oh my God. <laughs> Millie, I can see a whole new world as a stand up comedian. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my wow. gosh. And then you got a job with your discipline, and what was that? Um, so really not with my discipline. I was just looking to get into higher ed at that point, higher oh. education. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So, so what is it that you are doing now? Yeah. So still working at the University of Texas at Austin or UT. Um, but now I work in the division of diversity and community engagement where I'm director of uh, institutional partnerships. Institutional partnerships, but the title of the division, now how many people are in the division? Yeah, the division is pretty large. We have about 400 staff members. About 400 staff members. Mm -hmm. And again, the, the name of the division is diversity and community engagement. Community engagement. Okay, so let's, let's, so, it's Monday morning, you, you grab your coffee, you head into work, you sit down at your desk. What sort of uh, day 
or things do you do within this realm of diversity and community engagement? What what do you uh, do in that era? Sounds a little mm, nebulous to me. Where where what do you, what do you mean by this? Yeah, the the word diversity um, it, it can be difficult um, for some for some people. It's it's a challenge um, to really know the significance and and what that means and and why diversity is is important. So I understand. Okay, I, I well, understand. look at look at my age group that grew up with affirmative action. Okay, right. we we didn't know what it meant. That, you know, job quotas, uh, uh, to trying trying to make sure everyone had an equal shot at a job. Uh, you know, and there were legal problems. There were riots, but that was back long time ago. So now the code word seems to be diversity. So my uh, uh, generation may not understand what do you mean by diversity? Yeah, and, and it's getting even deeper than that nowadays. Okay. So now you're not just saying diversity and inclusion. Now you're saying diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, and so, belonging, okay. Mm-hmm, belonging is the new term that's that's kind of being added to the diversity, inclusion, and equity line of work. You you mentioned you know being um, equal. It, the work now is not about being equal. It's about being equitable. Equitable. Yes. Okay. So so, so if I hire somebody to uh, do pick and shovel work, uh, and I hire, uh, I need, I need, I need, I got a job. I'm a boss. I got to get a contract and I got a job and I got to get it done by Friday. So I hire 20 people. Okay. And it's nothing more than pick and shovel. Okay. So am I now required through diversity to make sure I hire two of this ethnic group, one of this ethnic group? Is it become like a quota system, the terminology that I grew up with? Yeah, no, diversity is not about quotas or, or numbers or things like that. Right. Um, diversity is about taking into account people's personal experiences. Doesn't matter your background. Um, but it, it's also about, and this is what we work with at the university and, and why diversity is important for everyone on, and I would say any college campus, not, not just ours. But what we're doing at the university is preparing the le- our leaders, preparing leaders to work in a global workforce. Yes. How can you work in a global workforce if you're not being brought up, being taught with diverse experiences, with diverse viewpoints? So really looking at diversity, not just for humanity's sake mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, social mm-hmm, sake or whatever, mm-hmm economic perspective as well, right? Sure, sure. Because we're going to have stronger leaders if our stronger leaders know how diverse markets operate, Absolutely how diverse sure. minds think. Okay. Um, and so that's that's part of the work of diversity. Okay. So I grew up in El Paso. At the time, uh, uh, it was probably 80, 20 Mexicans being on the border. Okay. And 20% were. May, maybe, maybe 50, 50 back in the 60s. I don't know. But now I understand uh, because of uh, the growth of the thing, there may be more the, the, the number of Mexicans there may be 80, 20, 90, 10, but, uh, and a, a lot of uh, blacks live there and other uh, ethnicities. Because, so I grew up with 
you know, at the high school in Eastwood, Eastwood High School, a lot of Mexican kids, mm -hmm. but no black kids mm -hmm. at the time. I didn't go to school with black kids till I went to college. And then, you know, there's Mexicans, blacks, whites, you know, everybody was there, you know, some Arabs and, you know, whatever. So being exposed to them later on in life, in college. Yeah. And then I lived in New York City where, Oh my gosh! It's it's the uh, it's the, the rainbow is there. Everybody from the world is there. Just even on my block, you know. So you mm -hmm. have to get along. You have to work and that sort of stuff. Work yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. you didn't grow up in El Paso around yeah. diversity, just because there was other people that didn't look like you. That wasn't a diverse group. But when you got to college, went to New York, then you were in a diverse environment. Uh, but I but at high school I was around. You know, like I have a lot of friends who listen to this podcast. You know, they were Mexicans, or or, or right. they had they had last names that were Mexican. Some of them didn't even speak Spanish. You know, they'd yeah, they learned Spanish. You know, which is kind kind of you know, their families had been in Texas for five hundred years. But you know, so but you yeah. but you didn't have you weren't exposed to African Americans not till college or Asians. Yeah. yeah. So just because the groups were different, right, doesn't mean that it was diverse. Just because you had other people that didn't look like you didn't mean that that was a diverse environment. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Okay, so uh, so uh, let's go back to your day when you said they work working for diversity How, and what was the other community engagement um, community engagement? Yeah. Okay, what what would that mean for you in your work day? Um, and the hmm. relationship to the school. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just start, and, and I hope this answers the question, but I'll just start with how the division came to be and, and, mm -hmm. and why it's necessary. Um, you know, first of all, it's a national model to include community engagement in your university's mission. So University of Texas at Austin, thought leader in that way. But the division was created um, as the university was growing and expanding into East Austin, which is predominantly African-American and Hispanic. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it, we were in the process of growing and uh, implementing eminent domain, right? So we're basically pushing people out of their homes that they've lived in for generations. So the division of diversity and community engagement was created to mend relationships, to grow relationships, and to provide resources to those communities um, that we were essentially um, pushing out. Mm, I see, I see. So more of a public relations aspect of community engagement, that that what you mean? Uh, partly, partly public relations and, um, you know, image and things like that, but it's also um, coming from a place where serving your community is a responsibility of the university. When you're a state institution, and, and at UT Austin, we're not just a state university, we're the flagship university right. uh, for the state. Right. You have an obligation to serve the community around you, to serve the state of Texas, not just by educating um, students, right, but by connecting resources and, and sharing that with the areas around you. So I'll give you an example. How can um, we have a premier college of education at UT that is nationally ranked, um, you know, several years ago it was top five, right. nationally ranked, and then we have Austin ISD public school districts who are struggling and um, really having a difficult time keeping their schools open and maintaining scores and things like that. So um, a lot of that is connecting the university's resources and finding avenues for these two organizations and institutions to work together for the betterment of the community. 
and that's what community engagement means. Okay. Leveraging resources um, oh. and leveraging relationships to improve communities. Okay, now you have 400 people on staff. Okay, all right, now that that is community engagement and the other aspect of your office duties what is diversity. Right, um, so with 400 people, we have 40 different programs within, oh, within oh, the organization, oh, and they okay. focus on different things. So my area focuses on community engagement, okay. but there are others that focus on um, student success, okay. right? So we have programming for diverse students, and so that can include a variety of things from services for students with disabilities, okay. or, you know, okay. test accommodations, sure, um, place sure. accommodations, things like that. Um, and it can also include our gender and sexuality center, okay. uh, multicultural engagement center, okay. um, things like that. So it's really quite varied. Um, 400 people, you got to keep them busy. And, that, and as you spread, spread the responsibilities out, I can see we're keeping a lot of people busy. But keep in mind that we provide service to the entire campus. And the, and the community. So uh -huh. 400 people might sound like a lot, but when you're servicing an entire campus of students, faculty, and staff, because we provide staff service as well, right. it's not really that, that big a number. Oh, okay. Now, with the, with the uh, lockdown, Corona and Omicron and uh, uh, Moochie Poo or whatever it was, I never used that term, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny. <laughs> uh, the, 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 there's more, more students are, and teachers are staying at home. They're being Zoom, Zoom teachers, Zoom students, you know. So, mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, does your uh, uh, division have less to do or just gives you more time to reach out because these students and professors are now isolated? Uh, how, does, how does this corona, omicron, moochie poo, whatever it is, how, how does that affect you now? Uh, in a variety of different ways. I am exhausted. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, yeah. uh, podcast listeners around the world, Millie Lopez is exhausted. <laughs> and, and the reason is because, yes, we're working from home, but there's so many issues that have arisen from having to work from home. So yes. many different constraints on our faculty yes. who are managing home life now while teaching from home in the same space as their kids who had to stay home too. Right. Um, our students have difficulty with accessibility, with technology, with apartments that they rented and don't need anymore but are obligated to stay in. Um, yes. You know, things like that that we've, and, and of course things are different now this year, but that first year. And so there's just this big, treme tremendous stress and pressure and residual anxiety that so many people are dealing with. Not only did corona affect us or me personally in my work, but so did all of the injustices that we saw happening, um, the social reckoning that we saw um, happening last summer with the murder of George Floyd and, and others, right, right. that put an intense demand um, for diversity and inclusion specialists, you know, uh, to yes. share their skill, to share their knowledge. And so we got pulled all sorts of directions. Okay. Now, uh, when there is a crisis, and you mentioned the situation last summer and the ongoing thing now, uh, d does your work and your staff, does it border on therapy, training, psychological help in some form or fashion? The work that we do? Yes. Does it, is it kind of like that? Um, no, I don't think so, but it does take a lot of listening. Yes. And um, listening can be 
a challenge in itself. Yes. Um, not because you can't do it, but because you hear so much. Right. And then you internalize that and carry that burden with you. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so Take it not, home with you. Right, right. And, and then you become desperate. You're like, gosh, how can I help these communities that, you know, need to serve these, pe- these, these groups of people who are on the verge of suicide and now that's being amplified and they don't have the technology to reach out to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me feel desperate. And, mm-hmm. and then it's, so the stress just kind of continues and, and grows mm-hmm. on. But it's, it's not something that we've seen in the past, certainly no, not this in is, recent th- decades. This, th- this is all new within mm-hmm. the last couple of years, you know. And uh, it's, so uh, now how do you know you have, you can tell when you have a bad day because, uh, uh, you know, the phone's ringing and blah, 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 something's wrong. How, how do you know when you have a good day? you know, a moment of success. I mean, do you, uh, I mean, do you have like a a social or a wine party or uh, in college, a beer party and, and you have uh, the rainbow of lots of different people, students from different uh, ethnicities sitting around uh, watching a ball game and having a beer together. Is that considered a success? I'm laughing because I work in diversity, so our successes are um, <laughs> what wouldn't be a success to a normal to, to, to a normal person. But um, I'll give you an example of probably my proudest moment. Please my, do. My biggest Please do. success. Uh, yes. I, my question was searching. What yeah. is, what is considered a success in your business? So in my world, I work on. Um, partnerships and, and, and relationships and things, but I also do some student success initiatives, some programming. So I created a program um, on campus for Rio Grande Valley students. Oh, okay. It took several Which would be natural for you. you, you yeah, that's why they pinned me to do it. And I said, well, shit. Um, <laughs> just add it to my list. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm from the valley. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> But, but it's an important community to the university because there's one university down there in this big giant region, which is the fifth largest metro area in Texas. There's yeah, one university, yeah. well, so we're what, losing a lot of... What school What school's down there? Uh, uh, university. university of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, Rio Grande Valley, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, which is, uh, okay, yes, it's down there, okay. So it's a big school, right? It's a big school, and now they've got free tuition. If your parents make something crazy, like under 150K, you get free tuition. Oh, come um, on. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we match that here? Well, because UTRGV is trying very hard to retain talent, so you have to stay there after you graduate. Um, but that's a, that's you know a whole nother story. UT Austin is losing a lot of talent to kids who stay local, right? Right. So it's an important area, um, and so part of you know the continued recruitment efforts was to start this program here at UT. And so I did, and it took a couple of years. And my proudest moment was this past fall when I uh, we had our first in-person event, and I had a student who was a senior tell me uh, that that was the first time they ever felt like they could be their authentic selves on the UT campus. In Rio Grande Valley? No, here. In oh, Austin. here. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, so they, they finally felt like they could be their authentic self because we created that space and that community for them to be able to flip from English to Spanish and to turn wow. on, you know, their music that they normally listen to. And, right. and so that was a proud accomplishment for me. I've had PhD students reach out to me wanting to do research um, on the student experience from the Rio Grande Valley. And that, to me, is proof that we've done great work creating a space where people felt comfortable coming and doing that and had a place to find the info. And, and, and a place to find the info. Yeah. yeah. And all because of you. 
Yeah. My blood, sweat, and tears. So, yeah. Oh, well, we'll, give me a high five. <laughs> <Yes>. High five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that is absolutely terrific. Absolutely. And now, how long have you been working at UT? Way too long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your boss is listening. <laughs> but it sounds like... <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus again. Um, I've, I've been at UT uh, 12, 13, 13 years now, uh, uh, including the time I spent getting my master's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. uh, the... Uh, you know the campus well, and mm-hmm. uh, you and uh, well. That's terrific. That's absolutely terrific. Uh, do you go to the UT football games, basketball games, or anything like that? Yeah, I went to a football game uh, this this past season, and we lost. But but it was such a fun experience, and and I hadn't been out to a football game in years. Right. Um, so it it has so changed. Um, in the past couple of years, ever since they've got that Bevo Boulevard out there now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was free Deep Eddy vodka. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Yeah. Problem with the going to the games over there is always parking over there. I use my staff parking, but yeah, I know. It is. Oh, geez. Well, you know, so it's something. But yes, uh, the campus life is good. Uh, that's great. And the horns... Uh, rough year last year but things are looking up uh, next year and i think they're rated number uh, 23 24 in basketball this year so mm. m- maybe things can happen long ways to go uh, yeah. uh, but you know good sports and i'm of the the uh, older generation that one of the great uh, healers of diversity, ethnic problems, is sports. Mm. We have seen through sports, uh, whether it's soccer in Europe, whether it's basketball in America, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, that uh, and the great Jackie Robinson uh, in, uh, in baseball, Willie O'Ree in, in hockey, uh, uh, and... Uh, I can't remember who, what the name of the first black uh, basketball player was. Uh, it'll hit me here soon. But through sports, people come together. Yeah, I, and, I, it's... and and so I'm I'm a big believer in. You got problems with the neighbor? And eh, go out and throw the ball around with them. You know, go go see that. And then I lived in New York City during 9/11 when there were some problems, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people were volunteering. And uh, there was no problem whatsoever getting along with your neighbor because we were in the same situation. So, so I'm a big believer in, in the value of sports helping, and also helping other people. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because there's so much truth to that, especially of the history of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, football desegregated yeah, sports desegregated, yeah, for the yeah. university. We were playing USC who had the one lone African-American football player, ran circles around the white UT Longhorn football team, and at that point they decided to desegregate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this, well, oh, yes, yes. Bit of exploitation to that, but nonetheless. Well, well, I went to the University of Texas El Paso, and they won the NCAA championship yeah. in 1966, and again, and we played against Kentucky, all white team, an all black team. No, it wasn't an all black, but they had Mexicans and they had uh, blacks and they had whites. It that that team was. 
purely the rainbow at the time. So, you know, that was 1966. So I'm a big believer in the yeah. value of sports, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. okay. You, this has been absolutely fantastic, and I can see why you are terrific in your job. I can see you're the gal. You're the gal, you know, who's going to do this. Now, uh, this must keep you very, very busy. And do you have any hobbies uh, that uh, you do? Um, I, I don't at the moment, but I have done gardening in the past, and I found it just so relaxing and then rewarding right mm-hmm. and 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 eating your own food that that you grow yourself has such a different taste to it but i can't do that here in well our it's 28 degrees here now you can't do it today either couldn't do it in the summer either with all those dang squirrels <laughs> what did they like to eat <laughs> they like to eat everything and they chew through everything no thank you and they put their seeds everywhere <laughs> they're nuts <laughs> squirrels are nuts <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Millie, you're very, very funny. Okay, now, uh, Corona, Omicron, Mochipu, whatever you want to call it, hmm. it starts to be ending. Are, are you have any travel plans? Um, yes. Don't have them finalized, but, um, you know, my, my daughter's going to college uh, next year, and she's applied at several out-of-state schools, um, and so we have a couple of admissions um and we're still waiting on a few others but do have some uh college uh visits oh oh, oh, okay Mm -hmm. okay. so it's on the agenda to you know which college now out of state a little bit more expensive so any you're telling me yeah (laughs) (laughs) millie you're very funny why don't you send her down to the university of texas rio grande where she can get free education down there I would love to, and I've tried that. I'm like, look, you've got your grandparents here, your whole family. You don't have to pay rent, pay food. Uh, but it, unfortunately, uh, that school doesn't offer her her uh, major. She's doing um, architecture, and um, RGV doesn't have architecture. They have. Oh, what about Austin? Don't don't. As an employee, uh, there must be some sort of uh, benefit or perk for children of employees here, right? No. No, not anymore. Oh, yeah, not I've anymore. heard these like you know these legends and myths about how you know if you're an employee, your children come here for free and they're admitted. And no, that's all bullshit. Um, oh, okay, all <laughs> right. There's no benefit. Well, no, that's yeah. that's very edifying. I did not know that. I just assumed it was part of the benefit. Yeah. Well, I loved it, hearing that when I started working. Until I found out a couple years into it, I thought, "What the hell? That's not true." And then retirement too. When I first started, there was you know this great retirement. You could retire at 55. No, <laughs> not true. I cannot retire at 55. You mean they fibbed? They fibbed big time. Yeah. Um, okay. But, yeah. All right. This is very, very funny. Okay. So uh, now you have led a very interesting life and donated your life to uh, service to uh, helping people get along through diversity and uh, uh, community involvement to coming together. Who has inspired you in your life? Who, who, who's been an inspiration for you? Yeah, um, I go through phases, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a normal indecisive person. Um, but right now I'm feeling very connected and have been for the past couple of years um, to Freddie Fender. Freddie, the great musician from... 
San Benito, Texas. Go Greyhounds! <laughs> <laughs> the great Freddie Fender. I, growing up in El Paso, I listened to his music. And his two hits are? His two music hits are? So my favorite is Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. Yes. Um, and then his other big, big hit um, was When the Last Teardrop Falls. When the Last Teardrop mm -hmm. Falls. And then he sang a lot of Mexican songs. He as did. To, I think they're labeled Junto. Conjunto. Conjunto. Yeah. So Freddie Fender's a barrier breaker in so many ways. He yes. was also an actor. But he started out as a kid singing bebop uh -huh. music. And then that transitioned into rock, rock and roll. Right, right. Um, and then country. Right. He was very successful as a country artist. Yes, yes, and, yeah. And then later in life, um, he was also a Tejano singer with the Texas Tornadoes. Yes. And in between, you know, he had all kinds of issues and, and was an actor and... Broke all kinds of barriers, but we're from the same hometown, and so just lately I've been kind of trying to challenge his his ethic, work ethic, and 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 energy. Right, and what and bravery and bravery, and what what better way to connect people than through music? Yeah, look what Elvis did. Look what right, El look right, what Elvis right. did. You know, what, you know yeah. what, that's unbelievable. Look what. Uh, uh, I guess I went blank there on on a uh, couple of the. Uh, Anyway, just music can connect people around the world. And there's a new country artist up and coming. His name is Charlie Crockett. Okay. And you should look up Charlie Crockett. Charlie Crockett, I believe, is also multi-ethnic uh -huh. um, and um, black and white. Uh -huh. um, and he's a country singer, um, very, very popular, very good friends with Leon Bridges. Uh -huh. um, and he's from San Benito, Texas. And so will you hear Charlie Crockett and he'll bring up Freddie Fender in San Benito, Texas. Okay, yeah. isn't that beautiful? You're a hometown gal. I like that. I like that. Yep, <laughs> okay. yep. Uh, that's beautiful for Freddie Fender. Okay. Beautiful, you brought that up. Okay, what, uh, now let's just play a little game. What uh, words of wisdom would you impart to your daughter or to some high school students or mm -hmm. a nephew or niece, young people starting out in life, maybe some college kids that you interact with, what words of wisdom would you tell them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say nothing worth having is ever easy. Very good. Yeah. No. So when things get challenging for you and you're struggling, just know that nothing worth having is ever easy. If it was, everyone would be doing it. Right, right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Now, Doug the Neighbor's uh, motto is laughter is the best medicine. What is your personal motto? <laughs> I don't know if I really have one, but what I say all the time is... Um, Take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. oh. mm -hmm. To our podcast listeners around the world, we are chatting with Millie Lopez, one of my neighbors, and our chat has just been absolutely fantastic. And we certainly appreciate Millie being here. Millie, thank you very, very much. And for your participation here at Doug the Neighbor Podcast here at the Possum Trot Studios, we have a little gift for you. This is a keychain and it is a 
Uh, the design on there is the Lichtenberg process, which is an electrical process you run through the wood there. Wow. And uh, it makes this design. It's designed by Leahy Industries, who are the leaders in 3D printing and laser etching. And because we did a podcast with Andrew Leahy, and he is the owner of Leahy Industries. So that little gift there for your participation. Thank you very much. That's Please beautiful. check out the uh, Leahy Industries website. Websites, kind of fantastic stuff, and a little yeah. gift for Millie Lopez. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for, so much, Doug. You know, just a little something there. Okay, okay. To our podcast listeners, again, we've been interviewing my neighbor Millie Lopez, and she's very, very funny, very, very funny. And I, <laughs> obvious that she takes her A, B, and K vitamins, the Karma vitamins. Always be kind, and we have just absolutely enjoyed this. So. Please tell your friends and neighbors to listen to our podcast. And we are around the world in 26 different countries. And thank you for listening. Call your mother. Make her smile. All the best. High five, Millie. Woo!